Hey, this is Jewel Bajavarapu, and you're listening to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, Episode 20. Welcome to the Fertility Life Coach Podcast, a show for smart, type A millennial women who want to get pregnant without the emotional roller coaster. If you want to learn how coaching can relieve stress and balance your hormones, then this is the show for you. I am your host, Jewel Bejavarapu, and I am an infertility and IVF warrior, as well as a certified life and holistic health coach. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey friends, how are you all doing today? I am doing super good. It is like the perfect spring weather here in Florida, aka the low 80s, and I'm loving it. This week, I have my good friend, Sarah Weeks, who is also a coach and an IVF warrior on the podcast today. The fun fact is we actually went through the same cohort in certification and we're partners coaching. So we're pretty close. Sarah has been through a primary and secondary infertility, and is going to talk about her story and how she recently made the decision to stop trying for another baby after countless of treatments, which we can imagine is so hard. So to give you a little background on Sarah, she is a certified life coach helping Gen X women achieve purpose-driven goals. She is a career chief of staff and has had more than 20 years of experience in creating systems that empower individuals to do excellent work. She has degrees in journalism and politics, as well as a certification in coaching, project management, yoga, and Zen contemplative care. After two decades of living in New York City, she recently moved to Pittsburgh with her husband, daughter, and two cats. So welcome to the podcast, Sarah. We're, I'm so excited to have you on. I'm delighted. I've never been called a fertility warrior before. So this is a, I love it. <laughs> you nice are totally to a fertility warrior. I am a fertility warrior. I, I feel it. <laughs> yeah. Can you just tell us like a little bit more about yourself and kind of like your own fertility journey and like kind of where you are at now? Absolutely. I am. Well, first of all, I come from a really big family and I share that because it's important to understand how that shaped my perspective on getting pregnant. I have seven, there's seven kids in my family. My mom comes from a family of six. Her mom came from a family of five. And so big families were a given as far as I was concerned. Mm -hmm. Now I got married in my late thirties and, um, and didn't really start to try to get pregnant until that time. And so shortly after we got married, I went to the fertility doctor after trying for six months, couldn't get pregnant, completely baffling, went to the doctor and, and they said, um, you should get, you should do IVF. And I was shocked. I actually left that appointment crying because it was, I couldn't wrap my head around. Wait a second. I come from a long line of fertile ladies. You're telling me that I need IVF to get pregnant. It's not happening. And so I went home and talked to my husband about it. We decided to not do it at the time and instead took Clomid and right out of the park, first time taking it, got pregnant. Nine months later, had a healthy, beautiful baby girl. Two years after that, we tried again. And this time I didn't want to waste any time. So I jumped straight into fertility treatment and the Clomid route again. Once again, this doctor said, you should do IVF. I don't want to do IVF. Anyway, after a couple of rounds of Clomid, I got pregnant and had a miscarriage and I mm. haven't gotten pregnant, haven't gotten pregnant since, but yeah. I continue, I continued to try. And so, um, four years, six rounds of IVF, multiple rounds of 
fertility drugs, most recently letrozole, um, IUI, like you name it, acupuncture, all like Eastern medicine, Western medicine, recently have decided to stop trying through uh, through med- medical treatment. We've stopped. We're going to stop trying to get pregnant. So that's the that's yeah. the story in a nutshell. Yes. And so, like after you had your first daughter, like when you had the primary fertility, how was it going in? Like that two years later, kind of going into trying to conceive a second child. Like what were your thoughts and like, how was how did that affect you? Yeah. I I had no doubt that it was going to work. It never occurred to me that I couldn't get pregnant. I mean, I honestly thought, I remember thinking, yeah, this is going to happen. I'm going to get knocked this out of the park. First time again, I'm going to get pregnant. And it took two cycles. I think that time, two or three cycles that time to get pregnant. When I did, I kept thinking like, I kind of wanted to say like an F you to all the doctors who kept telling me to do IVF at that time. Cause it was like, see, I got this. I can totally get pregnant. I just need a little boost of hormones to, to have, to make it happen. And, um, fortunately that, that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage and again, never, never got pregnant again. Yeah. So like through your, your fertility journey has been how many years in total? Including getting pregnant with my daughter. It was, um, six years. Yeah. So I know you've gone through multiple coaching certifications, you know, are really into the mindset work. Like how has coaching helped you on your fertility journey? Like go through six years and multiple IVF treatments and IUI and like all the things, and like all, all, all the things, um, coaching is, uh, coaching is amazing. Coaching the primary purpose and the primary way that I use it is to shift my perspective. That's like the number one value that it does to shift my perspective and to allow my feelings. Those are the two things that coaching has helped me use the two tools that coaching has helped me use to basically sit with the grief that I've experienced and to, you know, uncover beliefs that I had that were creating this sort of dirty pain, you know, this concept of dirty pain and clean pain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that, but so like clean yeah. pain is when you have like an ac- acute sense of pain and you feel really sad. Somebody dies, you feel really sad. And then like, but a year later, you're still like wrapped up in it and you still tell yourself stories about it. And that's sort of more dirty pain. And coaching helped me separate those two and to really shift my perspective on how I thought about the how I thought about, um, my infertility. Yeah. What were some, can you hear this? Okay. Oh, very, very, very lightly. Okay. We'll keep going. I don't think it'll be that big a deal. Okay. So like with the clean and the dirty pain, like tell us more about like what kind of belief systems that you uncovered, what kind of like pain you separated, like more, like what was that process? I think that the, 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 one of the turning points for me with the um, understanding the separation was this belief that I should get pregnant. I mean, ju- yes. just that belief alone, like I shouldn't be able to get pregnant. I should have babies. And it was a coach who actually posed this question to me. Where is that written? Why do you believe that? I said, well, look, look around. There's pregnant ladies everywhere. And it gave her my lineage my mom, my grandmother, her grandmother, et cetera. Like everybody gets pregnant. And she was like, so what? Mm. Where is it written that everybody gets pregnant? And I, I was so taken aback by that because there, there is no guarantee to get pregnant. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's 
the thing, right? Like it isn't written anywhere and it isn't a fact that everybody gets pregnant. And that's exactly how I thought about it. It is a fact that I should get pregnant. And the, the follow-up thought of that was, and because I didn't get pregnant, I have failed. Oh my God. And my, mm-hmm. and my body is, bro- and my body is broken. Yeah. And the, the, those are three seriously dirty pain inducing beliefs, suffering. They just create suffering. Yeah. So like, how did you work through them? Like what was, you said that turning point was that you realized, Hey, like we, everyone shouldn't get pregnant. Like that's not a rule. And like, that's a big thing I work on with my clients, like figuring out that manual, that story that we tell ourselves around pregnancy. And we haven't questioned it normally until coaching or we're going through infertility ourselves. Cause we're like, wait, like there's this belief system and that it's causing so much pain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did I get, how did I work through it? Was your question? Yeah. I mean, at first it, it's uncovering the belief, right? Like what do I, what, what is my manual about getting pregnant? What is my manual about being a mom? You know, that's another thought. What, what does it mean to be a mom? Right. But what is, what is the manual surrounding pregnancy? And that was the first step for me towards, towards really being with my grief because before I'm a, I'm a goal coach. First of all, like I coach Gen X women on pursuing purpose-driven goals. Like that's what I do. I get things done. And pregnancy was one of these things. It was a goal, like to get it done. And in the pursuit of those things, you sort of compartmentalize the emotion to go with it because it wasn't serving. I didn't, I was choosing to ignore the emotion of it because I was so convinced that I could get pregnant. Right. Mm -hmm. But really the, you can have both. You can hold space for both of pursuing something that you really want, like having a baby, but also grieving the loss of not having it. You know, I, I sort of yes. refer to this unborn child as like the, the specter of my second child, right? Mm-hmm. This, is the, I, this ghost of my second child that never happened and really being with not having it and not being able to get pregnant and allowing that grief to be there, which I tell you, like, I have really embraced this process the last couple of years, really most recently, because we've decided to stop using medication. It's not easy. You know, it feels like crap. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't feel good. But what I have noticed, and I'm curious for you too, what I have noticed is that the more that I am honest about what it is that I'm feeling, the more that I am honest in identifying a belief like I should get pregnant versus the fact of I am not pregnant, the more honest I am with myself. And the more that I go through the pain of all of those things, the softer the pain becomes over time. It is Mm -hmm. not so consuming. It is not so paralyzing. It doesn't hurt so much don't think it will ever go away, but at least it isn't this like overwhelming anxiety and tension that just really can consume you, you know? Yeah, totally. I 100% agree. And that's something we do a lot in my coaching with my clients is like, how do we process grief? How do we process pain? Because there's a lot of that in infertility. And when we fight it and when we try to wish it gone or wish it to, to, to something else, it, it doesn't ever work. 
and just causes again what you were saying that more of that dirty pain and less ability to like move on and make powerful decisions and and like really live your life and not be in this like obsessive state. Oh, and I think that's exactly right. Is how do I end the obsession, you know, or how do I minimize the obsession? Like for me, I didn't want to want a baby anymore. That was really sort of, it was started out as like an impossible goal for me. It was like, I just didn't want to want a baby anymore. But that, that thought wasn't serving me. That was actually uh, using sort of thought work against myself. Yeah. It's kind of a lie. It's it's a hundred percent of a lie. It's a hundred. Of course I want a baby. I would stump. I'll be 46 in a couple of weeks. Um, of course I want another, I'd love to have another baby. Although it sort of terrifies me to change diapers at like, you know, 47, but, um, but of course I want to. And so the, the power of thought work is to get in this radical honesty. Like I, it's okay that to have another baby, it's okay to want to have another baby hundred percent. And it's okay to feel sad because I don't have one a hundred percent. And so not to like, tr- not to shift my belief about something because I think that that's, what's going to make me feel better. It Mm. doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You have to be honest with what you, with what you believe, what you really want to believe, and then be with whatever emotion comes up as a result of that. And that, that continues to be my work. Yeah. So like, how did you make that decision to stop trying with like fertility treatments and like medication and fertility drugs? Like what was that decision-making process like? Cause I know so many women are like in that stage of like, what do I do next? Like what, like, how do I handle this? So we just decided to stop trying, um, doing uh, medical treatments. We just decided to stop doing that really this past month. I had um, last spring because of COVID, you know, we came out, left Brooklyn, came out to Pennsylvania and we didn't do any fertility treatments for probably six, nine months. Not because I wasn't interested, but just because of the circumstances, you Mm -hmm. know, didn't sort of help. And so late last year we thought, well, new doctors, new city, let's give it another try. And they put me on this medication um, that I had never taken before. And it was the first time in the six years of medical treatment that it, the hormones actually made an impact on me. Like by, by an impact, I don't mean a positive point. Like I, I, I don't felt know the about, side effects. I felt the side, that's exactly right. I felt the side effects and I, I did not like it at all. And, and, and I kept, I just asked myself, like, do I really want to go through this again? Do I want to go through this again? So we did two rounds with that medication could have done a third round. And I just decided that was enough. I didn't want to feel the way that I felt. I didn't want to have the emotional, you know, it's not just the physical symptoms, but it's also like the emotional symptoms that compounded the grief that I was already feeling about not having a baby. And that was a big decision for me. I didn't want to experience the physical side effects of trying. So that was one. The other part of it really stems from what I, how I was able to sit with the grief. So I think the decision also came as a result of being okay with what is. Mm. I think that if I hadn't done that work and really began this process of acceptance and being okay with what is, I think that we would continue to seek treatment to try, but that work 
helped me come to a place of, there's a word I want to use here, but um, what's the word? It helped me come to a place of peace, really, in some yeah. ways. Like, you know, I've tried. Can't deny that I haven't tried. That was a big, that was a big um, suffering belief that I had had that I had failed, right? As I said before, but mm-hmm. I had tried, it didn't happen. And to be with that circumstance and the thoughts that I had about it was um, pretty powerful. I mean, look, I still think about having a baby. We still try every month. We just don't take medication. And I now have also stopped using fertility, you know, like ovulation kits, which <laughs> become like our best friends. <laughs> I could just yeah. invest, in the, invest in the stock of ovulation kits. I, I have weaned myself off from using ovulation kits, but I still use a fertility tracker to track my period and track my cycles. But um, we just don't try as hard anymore, you know? Yeah. And like, how has that been? Like, what like emotions have come up? Have you kind of regretted that decision? Have like, like, you know, because a lot of people are like, okay, make a pros and cons list, but that doesn't seem like that's how you, that's how you did it. No, it didn't. It was really a much more organic process than that. Mm-hmm. It was like the the, uh, the slow burn down as opposed to quitting cold turkey. Yeah. And I think that is another way that we have come to this decision was, you know, the not taking medication was a very decisive decision. I'm choosing to not do this thing anymore. Mm-hmm. The, the not using ovulation kits is, was more of a organic decision. And in that I just found myself not wanting to do it anymore. And so I just didn't do it anymore. That's so, so important. It, how you like what, listen to yourself and like, yeah. listen, like, instead of being like, oh, I should want this or fighting against it. Cause that like, that comes up so much when people are like, well, I just don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, oh, I should want to do this. So I'm going to keep forcing myself to do it. But like, you really like listen to yourself and like honored the truth of like how yeah. you're feeling. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Thank you for saying that. That's really true. And, um, you know, it's curious that you say that because I, I think you're right in that we don't listen to, to ourselves like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I can think about the number of times where my brain would say, I just, I'm tired. I just want to stop. And the other part of my brain was like, oh no, we're doing this. We're, uh, we're doubling down on a massive action to get pregnant. Right. Like yeah. that was my goal. I'm going to do every single thing I can going to ignore this other part of me. That's like, maybe it's time to quit and coming into harmony with both of those, you know, like letting this side of you know that it's okay to stop trying and letting this other side of, you know, it's okay to grieve. Like all those things, there's space for all of that. Um, but listening to yourself is a big part of it. And so that was how these other decisions came to be made. Not again, by purposeful, purposefully deciding this is it, it was more this sort of like all like a slow burn down of effort. Yeah. No, um, thank you for sharing with us. I know that that can't be easy, but that I think that's like so important for people to hear, like how to make decisions about these like really important topics and like different people's experience in making these decisions. Cause it's so different for everybody. So different for everybody. A hundred percent. I, I think that's another part that when I think about when I started, trying to get pregnant, I, I have a couple of wishes. <laughs> one, one of my wishes for then was that I, that I knew about coaching at the time and I wish that I had had a coach. And what a difference that could have made to me 
at the beginning of this journey about perspective and feelings and honoring like who you are and this whole experience, right? Like mm-hmm. how impactful coaching is and how impactful it could have been then. But, you know, I don't dwell on that part. But the other part that I wish that people were more aware of, and I think the podcast like your podcast and the work that you do and others do on making it more visible, this yeah. experience more visible, talking about it more, honestly, being out there more and sharing these stories to let people know, not only are you not alone, but you are also unique. And there are no two women who have the exact same experience. Yeah. Because I, I honestly, for the longest time, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm totally by myself here. Well, it's not true. And at the same time, I thought, well, everybody, you know, we all have the same experience and why should I be any different? Well, that's not true. You know, there's just other things that we tell ourselves that perpetuate our suffering. Yeah. That's like a really good, those are great wishes, Sarah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think probably other people are thinking on the fence about coaching or thinking, you know, is this really going to help me? Is this really, you know, am I really not alone? Cause it feels like so, you're alone so much. And I think that's one of the big things I work with my clients on in our coaching container is identifying those beliefs, processing those emotions, and just like talking, like you're not alone in this. Like, oh, like huge. It's yeah. huge. It's, a, it's, it's everything. I mean, really I coaching um, is one of the most powerful investments you can make in yourself. And, and for me through this specific journey has been huge, has been hugely helpful in working through acknowledging the beliefs, as you've said, and working through the beliefs and then working and being with the feelings that are coming up. That is everything is the, you know, empowered emotional well-being that comes through that process. And you start to develop this new relationship with yourself that ultimately will serve you beyond this journey. It serves you in the broader scope of your life. Yeah, 100%. Thank you, Sarah. So you are also a certified life coach who works with Gen X women on goal setting. Can you tell us like how people can work with you if they are Gen X and want to get stuff done? (laughs) If they want to live their life on purpose and pursue goals on purpose, my favorite thing, they can go to my website. It's uh, www.sarahbweeks.com. It's S-A-R-A, be like boy, weeks.com. And check out my website. I have a six-week program, um, foundational live, live on purpose foundation program, where I teach five essential self-coaching skills to empower women to live their life on purpose. You develop a new relationship with yourself, not unlike the work that you do in your own coaching practice. Yeah. Um, but go to my website, check it out. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you folks. Yeah. With, and I'll link all of Sarah's contact information. So if you want to get a hold of her on the show notes, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Sarah. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's terrific. Awesome. Bye. If you love this podcast and if you have liked what you have heard so far, I would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and review. Reviews help others find this podcast and help them get the strategies that they need to thrive during infertility. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode. If you want to take this work to a deeper level, then I have the perfect coaching program for you. 
go to www.simplyjewel.com forward slash empowered infertility to learn more about my signature one-on-one coaching program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fertility Life Coach Podcast. See you next time.